yeah, you're going to experience marriage fatigue. That's a given if you're not going to prioritize it because then it becomes secondary, third, fourth, down the line. And before you know it, you're just cohabitating. Hey there, and welcome to Marriage Talks, a real, authentic, and relatable podcast about how to thrive in your marriage. I'm Elizabeth Ann. And I'm Michael. And today we're going to be talking about how to avoid marriage fatigue, which is a very real thing. Yeah, I feel like it's a hot topic in 2020. Yeah. Just because everything's, you know, quarantine has affected all the normal facets of marriage life, family life work life, you name it. It has put a magnifying glass on your life. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Before we get into it though. All right. We wanted to tell you that this episode is sponsored by the Marriage Talks Patreon. It's at our Patreon page where you can go and support our show. You can start at a very low rate if you just want to kind of support us and uh, just kind of help us with the cost of running the hosting and just various costs with the podcast. We love what we do. And it would help us a ton. And also in some of the higher tiers, you can connect a little bit more with us. So check yeah. it out. Direct access to us. Yeah. 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 Direct access. Yeah. yeah. It also helps our mission to help other married couples thrive in their marriage, which is really amazing. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Also, we want to ask you to subscribe if you are not a subscriber yet. That way you don't miss any episodes. And if you love an episode, please share it. Make sure that you tag us so that we can go, yay, thanks for sharing. It really means the world to us. And we just, we love that so many of you come back week after week to support the show and to listen. It's, it's really such a blessing to us. So thank you. Yeah, we love it. All right. So we first need to start out by defining what is marriage fatigue because we totally mm. made it up. <laughs> yeah. we, I don't know. It's a term uh, you can just apply to just the general malaise. There you go. There's a word for you. The malaise mm. that you can feel after being together for a while, like the honeymoon phase ends and then you're kind of in the day-to-day grind of, you know, wake up, work, come home, cook dinner. If you got kids, put the kids to bed, go to bed, read a book, be on your phone, whatever. And it can get really repetitive and not so fulfilling if you let it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's something that a lot of couples suffer from. And the tricky thing is you might might have no idea you're suffering from this at all. It's just if you don't prioritize your spouse at all, you can just quickly just go into that that just flat line, no excitement, just like we were talking about fatigue. You're just life's tiring, marriage is hard work, and you just coast. That's marriage fatigue. Yeah. I think we've heard a lot of the term of fall out of love, which I have my own thing about that, (laughs) that that phrase. Um, But also the seven year itch, like those common phrases where you just kind of, like Michael said, you settle into a routine where you just let the routine take over your life instead of being active in the routine. And that's not a good place to be. You don't want to be in marriage fatigue. You don't want to be in, quote, falling out of love. Again, I have my whole spiel about that. That can be another episode. (laughs) You could probably go a full 30 minutes. Yeah, I could. Um, And seven-year itch, you know, things like that. Being in that that place within your marriage is not a good place to be. It's not like, oh, I've reached this comfort level. No. No, no, no. 
No, that's not what it is. So don't believe that lie, please. We're talking about that marriage fatigue, that seven-year itch, that falling out of love, state of mind, state of relationship. We're going to address that. Like, how does it happen? And then we're going to address how to fix it. Um, Because I think we've had short seasons where we have let that routine kind of kind of take over us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Instead of us taking over the routine and playing an active part in that. Yeah. If you listen to our very last episode, it was a, it was a specific look at the like sexual intimacy aspect of one of those like periods of times where we didn't connect at all. Mm. So check it out. The previous episode, the time when we stopped having sex. So yeah. that kind of, that highlights that a little bit more, but if you've been married for any amount of time, like five plus years, I would wager you've had some sort of like maybe a month, maybe six, whatever. But, you know, like we always talk about, marriage requires a lot of constant work and you have to really, really prioritize connection all the time. And it can be difficult to do that every single day. You should strive for it. You should pray for it. You should really dive into that. But we're all human and we have our our weak moments. Yeah. And I think before we get into how does it happen, I think the big overarching theme or thing that happens um, that kind of we're going to talk about subpoints of it is that we lose track of what a marriage is supposed to look like. And we just get very lazy mm. in that in that relationship, which is a working relationship. It's something that you have to be present in. And for if, you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that Michael and I are Christians. And so we model our marriage based on the way Christ loves the church. And that is an active relationship. Both parties are, are, um, investing in that relationship. It is something that's active. That's not passive. And so that's what we are modeling our relationship off of. And we can't afford to be complacent and to be lazy in our marriage because that's when the enemy grabs a foothold and can really do some damage. So it's being on the offensive in a good way. Not like offensive is like, you know, don't come near me, put up walls, (laughs) (laughs) not like that, but the offensive of like protecting your marriage and investing and doing those good, healthy things, pouring into your marriage in a good way and in an offensive way and not a just, but not to be offensive, <laughs> no, not to be offensive, but you also, you don't want to be on defense because then you're just reacting to what's happening. Yeah. So be on the offensive team. Yeah. And I will, I will, the little caveat to that is we try to do that all the time. Yeah. We're, no, not, we're perfect not perfect. At it. I mean, like <laughs> if you guys know us in real life, you already are laughing right now. <laughs> hopefully not like that, but <laughs> yeah, we we try to we try to model ourselves after Christ, um, and uh, we have days where we're better at keeping that in mind, and days where we kind of put ourselves first. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well said. So, how does marriage fatigue happen? We highlighted three bullet points for this. Yeah, the first thing is to stop connecting. It's just when you that's how it happens. You stop connecting. Yeah, you stop connecting. Like if you get home from work. Like I go to work, I go to a place for work and I come home from that work in the afternoon. And if I were to just like put my stuff down, go to the back room, shower or whatever, and just kind of like, uh, you know, forget these people. (laughs) I think pretty soon they would start to feel like they were not, 
not coming first. So you gotta you gotta put that connection first. If you have somebody in your life who is constantly seeking you out and wants to know how your day was, wants to know what you think about every little issue, how does that make you feel? Pretty dang good. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. You wanna be thought of, you wanna be asked questions. And you want somebody to just invest in you. So you know that feels good when it happens to you. So you really ought to be doing that to your spouse as well. Mm, that's good. Yeah, when when you stop connecting with your spouse, it's just that main channel of that main highway between the two of you just gone. And when there's no direct access to each other, it's really lonely. And when you're, when you're alone, when you feel like you're alone in a relationship, yeah, you're going to feel fatigued 100%. Yeah. Cause you know, imagine if like, say you were the one who was trying to build the highway, trying to build the bridge, trying to make that connection, but then your spouse wasn't, you're going to have fatigue because you're all, you're always the one trying. Yeah. You're um, like, you're the person in the school project where yeah, you work really hard, you do all the math, you do all the art, you have used up all of your glue stick. And then you have Sam, who's the lazy kid, who doesn't do any of the work, and you feel you feel mad about Shafted. it. Shafted. Yeah. Sam, what, what's up, man? Why get are you your, doing that? Get your act together, Sam. Sorry if your name's Sam. <laughs> it's just, just an we example. We don't know anybody by that name. It's just an example. But <laughs> the I do want to add a little disclaimer. Like, if you are the one who is always trying to make the connection and your spouse is just not returning that on whatever level it might be, keep pressing forward with making that connection. Don't give up. I know that that fatigue is really hard to fight and it just feels like you're completely alone, but that's where the strength of the Lord comes in because there's just no way you can do that on your own. But don't don't try to build that bridge with someone else or or with like with another thing, you know, don't try and fill that mm-hmm. marriage void with Bowling. X, Y, and Z. Bowling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what bowling. I don't first. do that. But How many marriages in America have been lost to the sport of bowling? It's it's a lot, I guarantee. <laughs> the percentage is probably very small. <laughs> if it's more than one, it's too big. It's too much. <laughs> but my point is is just an encouragement. Like, yes, it's gonna feel lonely, but that work to continue to make that connection will be recognized and it will be, um, it will be praised. You know, if you're a believer, those, those things will be recognized. And so it's, it's an important one to, to honor those, that covenant, that those vows that you made with your spouse. So keep making that connection, but yeah, I'm getting off, but well, no, I I don't want to add to that too, even though we're kind of off tangent, (laughs) but not really, really, you have to really dive into prayer and stuff like that. But you also have to remember, like, if you feel like you're slogging it out and your partner's not connecting with you, it can be just as simple, like bringing it to their attention. Mm-hmm. You can't neglect that too. You can, don't, don't skip that part. Like you got to let them know, Hey, I really feel like you're not here with me every day. And yeah. I come home and you're kind of just like, you don't care about it. And they might be like, Holy cow. I had no idea you felt that way. Let's, um, let's fix that. Yeah. Because spoiler alert. Your spouse can't read your mind. Yeah. <laughs> I 
I know that that really is a shocking revelation to a lot of you, but you have to communicate. Hey, we talk about that all yeah, the time. Yeah, check it off the list. Yes. So how- Now, now you just have to say, shut it down. <laughs> we hit all of our checklists. It's like marriage talks bingo. <laughs> how many- <laughs> <laughs> They said oh, communication. <laughs> she said, shut it down. We're going to we're gonna make a marriage talks bingo. Okay. I, I digress, but- yeah. That'll be an Instagram thing. Anyways, so how does marriage fatigue happen? Number one, you stop connecting. The second thing, you stop prioritizing. If you're not prioritizing the marriage and making it just under your relationship with the Lord, yeah, you're going to experience marriage fatigue. That's a given if you're not going to prioritize it because then it becomes secondary, third, fourth, down the line. And before you know it, you're just cohabitating. Being a being a roommate with your spouse, cohabitating with your spouse, like not really having a thriving marriage, that's that's just a roommate. That's not marriage. No, that's not that's not what the whole thing's meant for. That's not yeah. you're not gonna find your full potential and your full power as a married couple. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just I get very passionate about I just I want so much more for other married couples. I really do. Mm-hmm. When, when from outward ex- appearances, it looks like it's just basically a roommate situation. My heart just gets so sad. I just really feel burdened and I just, I want, I want it to be better. Yeah. And so when you stop prioritizing it, yes, you're going, you're going to allow that routine to get you and you're not going to be an active participant in it. So yes, you will absolutely experience marriage fatigue if you stop prioritizing. Yeah, and at the risk of having a gigantic second point and going off tangent here too, <laughs> one thing I have to bring up, and we're going to do, we have a an episode on deck about this, but hobbies can be a huge mm. thing for this. We talk about this a lot. Now, neither one of us has a hobby that like overtakes our lives. We're very busy with the kids. I guess that's our main hobby, so <laughs> we don't like have the ability to pursue a whole lot on weekends, but... um if you're into like hunting or video games or sports or there's a million other things, I don't mean to pick on just the like masculine stuff, but you could, you could, there's a, a list of feminine ones too. I'm quoting that. But Crocheting. Like, if you find that something takes up hours upon hours upon hours of your week and those are hours that you then totally have nothing to do with your wife or husband, it just it can probably benefit from a little bit of a inventory and like mm. is this really helping us that's a good word. or is this taken away and can I scale back a little bit yeah just just putting that out there so do with that whatever you will I'm just uh kind of putting the idea into the world we will expand on that <laughs> yeah okay that is like Michael said that is an episode to come hobbies so don't worry we will explain just let it let it float around in your head for a little bit yeah. So hobbies can be amazing. Don't get me wrong. Just because I'm boring and don't have a lot. <laughs> don't uh, don't get me for that one. Don't DM me. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get at me, bro. Um, hobbies can be an amazing tool for connection. We'll get to that in the second portion of this one. Yeah. So how does it happen? You stop connecting, you stop prioritizing. And the third one is you stop investing. And it might sound like these are all the same thing, but they're not, which is why we're giving examples. When you stop investing, you're not doing things to really strengthen your marriage. So when you stop connecting on an investment level, as far as like 
you know, reading books together, like things that actually make you a better spouse. That's what we're talking about when we say stop investing. So when you're not sharpening yourself as a spouse, that means that you're not, you've stopped investing in your marriage and you will absolutely have marriage fatigue because nobody stays the same. We all change. We all have seasons where something in us changes. It's inevitable because we're human. That's mm-hmm. the way w- that we are made. Preach. Your favorite meal as a 14 year old is probably not your favorite meal as a mid 30 year old and even older. Just going to say that. It might hey, be. I still like Frosted Flakes. <laughs> Do you really? They're good. I think if you ate it now, you'd be like, wow, that's a lot of sugar. Yeah, but I really, what is the one I like? Life cereal. Life. That is good. Yeah. And it's not full of sugar. Well, There's a lot. depends on which one you get. <laughs> well, cinnamon is bad. Yeah. Anyways, my point is, is that we all change. So you, you are constantly having to reevaluate or like Michael said earlier, take inventory of how you are as a spouse. If you are not trying to make yourself better as a wife or as a husband, then it's going to be really, really difficult to have that strong relationship, that strong marriage. And so it's important to note that, okay, maybe you're in, you, maybe you're in a marriage where you have fatigue and to to kind of label and recognize, let me just say, it's not bad to label something. I think there's this culture and society today. We don't want to label anything, which is a whole nother thing. I won't go into it. <laughs> Let's move right past that. It is okay to label something because when you label it, you recognize it and you take ownership of it. So you're like, yes, I've stopped connecting. We've hardly talked today and we haven't kissed at all or touched each other. There's been no connection. We stop prioritizing when you can recognize it, that you are not putting your spouse basically number two, second to your relationship with the Lord, then absolutely you're going to have marriage fatigue. You got to prioritize. You got to recognize that if that's a key that's missing, then you, you got to say, mm, yep, that's exactly what it is. Because if you don't know what it is, you don't know how to fix it. Right. So for those of you who have kids and you're like, what's wrong, if they can't tell you what's wrong, you can't help them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just a puddle of tears and like, I can't, I can't stop. And you're like, you are super extra right now and I love you. However, I literally can't help you because I don't know what to solve. Mm-hmm. It's the same in our marriage. If we are not willing to put a label on where our shortcoming is as a couple, how in the world can you expect to fix it? You can't. You cannot. You absolutely have to recognize that is an issue. We do not connect. We do not prioritize. We do not invest. We are speaking from experience. And it took a while for us to say, ooh, yeah, we we stopped connecting there for a little while. And that's not okay. And we had to, we had to recognize and label that so that we can say, okay, that is the issue. Then how do we fix it? Yeah. So speaking of... No solutions on this episode. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Just kidding. We're halfway there. Are you kidding? We always try to have some yeah, sort I'm of solution. <laughs> it's right there on the script. <laughs> all right. So how do we fix it, Michael? All right. So all the things that we mentioned before, start start doing those. <laughs> no, and just you're kidding. Done. Yeah. So we're just kidding. Um Start connecting just meaningful, meaningful interactions every single time you're together. Mm. Like if your wife is next to you, just kind of take, take a second and realize 
this woman who has chosen to attach herself to you for her entire life, your entire life, that is a pretty amazing thing. You were cool enough at one point <laughs> to convince her that was a good idea. So take pride in the fact that that happened and make her believe that idea again and again and again. Start connecting with her. She is there. She, there's a lot to her that you can just really be blessed by and just connect with her. So conversations in the kitchen, conversations before bed, not phones and Kindles and all this stuff, but like, how are you actually doing? Like not surface stuff. Yeah. So I want to bring up two old episodes that we did, how to stay close in the daily grind. We go through what we do to stay close and we plan to have a part two because it was actually a very hot episode. Yeah. It seemed to hit people right where they wanted <laughs> yeah. to hear some stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we mentioned, definitely go back and listen to that, how to stay close in the daily grind. Um, one of the things that we mentioned is that we text, we text a lot. A lot. Thank God for <laughs> the advent of unlimited text plans. <laughs> yeah. We'd be paying out the nose oh, for these things. Oh my goodness. And we would be sending uh, carrier pigeons. <laughs> yeah. And remember we live together. <laughs> we still, but I'm, when I'm at work, it's like, well, don't tell my employers this, but it's a lot. <laughs> Well, it's not when you're like hands on with a patient, like, hey, yeah. let me just text my wife. No, but like it's in the like, in between, we're catching up and stuff. Yeah. When you are, when you are not busy doing something, like you make sure that you're good about that. But, um, but we text, we text whenever we can, because not only is he busy at work, but I'm also busy with the kids. I'm like full-time homeschooling. And so my phone is to the side so I can be present with them, but we can, we make sure that we communicate and we talk, uh, during lunchtime. Um, unless he's got a meeting, we call each other, even if it's for a minute, legit, we've had one minute phone calls before, yep. but it's just say, Hey, I just want to hear your voice. We are very big on talking to each other. 13 years in, we have never needed a break from each other. We have never been like, yeah, I need to like have a day or two away from you. Never. No, a few minutes here and there. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody needs a minute to just collect. Like nobody needs something from me or nobody, yeah. just nobody talk to me for a second. Like, but overall, yeah. 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 If you, yeah, I have never needed a break from you ever. Thanks, babe. Yeah. You're the only person ever that that's happened. So that's good. I still can't figure it out, but I'll take it. <laughs> but so how to stay close in the daily grind. Definitely check that out. And then Michael said something about um, cell phones and things like that, like, in your bed and like not like not putting walls up to prevent you from communicating. We did seven silent killers to marital intimacy where we talk about technology. And that is a really, really good one because we share very, very real, our real experience with that and how it negatively impacted our marriage that we brought the phones into our bed. So definitely check that episode out. Um, after this one, it's really good. But you've got to connect. We also gave a presentation about that. That was part of it at a podcast conference too. Yeah, we did. That was fun. We did. Yes. We'll get that video and put it up on the YouTube at some point. The YouTubes. <laughs> the YouTubes. <laughs> so yes, you got to start connecting daily, multiple times a day. It's not a one and done. Like that's your, I've done it. I've met my quota for the day. Nope. Constantly throughout the mm -hmm. day. Number two is start prioritizing. You have to have regular date nights. And we talk about dating your spouse. We talk about dating your spouse when you have no money because hello, we're there. Yeah. <laughs> we do not go out every week. We have an at home date night every single week. Yeah. The, it's 
in 2020, there's so much streaming technology. Every movie you could possibly want is yours. So if you like movies, you can do a couch movie night. Food's cheap. You've got Uber Eats. You've got DoorDash, any of that stuff. Yeah. And of course, Publix too. Yeah. So you can make it happen for very, very cheap. And board games. We have an episode about our Fae Five board games. You should check it out. And we, we give you a lot of ideas about how to have a good date night. So you don't... Yeah, we didn't start this um, this recording tonight knowing we would do all these links. I know. It's good, though. <laughs> it's good. But yes, so you have to start prioritizing. When your marriage starts to fall lower and lower on your list, that's a red flag. It should not be that way. It should not be that way. And it's not to be like, well, dang, I screwed it up. Oh, man. It's like, no, just, okay, I haven't prioritized it. How do I fix it? Yeah. Every day is a new day. Every right. day is a new chance. Right. So don't, don't, cause I am like a, I'm my own worst critic. I beat myself up for mistakes. Don't do that. Just label it. Recognize that that's something that I have done. Hello. Last episode, we talked about it. Um, you got to recognize that that's something that you do and just say, okay, I admit it. That's where I'm at. So I need to do better. And today here's how I'm going to be better. Yeah. And I would even take it one step further. I had a, um, a PT school professor who said this and it really stuck with me. And she was like, you ever have like a, you wake up and your coffee's spilling and you, um, you're late and you get a traffic jam or a fender bender and you're just like, dead government, my entire day sucks. She's like, why don't you just have like a bad hour? Mm. Choose it the next hour. That's like good. I'm going to, I'm going to approach this a different way. So like that same kind of thing can go with your marriage. Like this happens to me all the time. I'll react in anger. I'll say something real stupid or harsh to either the kids or Elizabeth. And I'm like, five minutes later, I know I was stupid to say that. Can we start over? Let's, let's have a, uh, you know, a new, a new, like a better evening. And, uh, I will not approach it that same way. So please forgive me. And boom, there you have it. Your whole day's not ruined because you had a bad five minutes at eight fifteen PM. You can just have that five minutes and just like it can it can be forgiven basically so just pray about it get your new attitude in check and like talk about it yeah we realize that it's easier for some people than others um but we do believe that you have a choice um we have a choice in how we react to things absolutely mindset and just like the way an individual's brain works affects that 100% but we are responsible for how we react to things. And so it's just like taking that moment to pause. Absolutely. You do not need to have a full day that's bad. Why give it up? Why give up an entire day to one thing that went wrong? Your coffee spilled in the car. Like, well, just own it. <laughs> like, oh, well, I'm at work and I can't change. Yeah. And this is what happened. So it's a funny story. And you'd, you'd probably be surprised at how many people have experienced the same thing, whatever it might be, that you just said, you know, it's just a bad day. It's a bad moment. Like, it happened, and I'm just not going to let it affect the rest of my day. Yeah, and if you're having trouble with, like, consistent mindset issues and you're constantly getting yourself in trouble or speaking um, sharply to others, like, I would, we would both highly encourage you to pray about it. Mm. Go seek out a pastor and dive into the word about it because you can only really do so much in terms of like, I'm going to be a different person today. Um, you can to some degree, but if it's like a, if it's a serious heart issue, you really need to like investigate that further spiritually 
and yeah. uh, maybe meet with somebody. Yeah. Left to our own devices, we will only get so far and we will always fail 100% of the time. 100% of the time. So by Michael saying, go see a pastor, be in the word, be in prayer. And also I would add, go see a counselor because sometimes it's just, you need some tools having those tools, whether they are from the Bible and then on top of that from your pastor. And then on top of that from a counselor, those are all tools in your back pocket that you can pull out when you need. Whereas if I'm like on my own will, I'm going to do it and I'm going to be the best all the time and I'm never going to make a mistake. Spoiler alert, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it just won't. It, I'm a living testament to that. Um, we are sinners. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's just, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Give it 24 hours because I guarantee you tomorrow I will screw up. I just realized <laughs> when I voiced uh, agreement, it was like, you were like, I'm a sinner. I screw up all the time. I was like, yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I, but well, I, I do though. Yeah. So, and you can just echo that here. But all right. So our final point. Yes. Start investing into mm. each other. So this is kind of like the overarching thing, in my opinion. So we have talked about some Bible studying together. Elizabeth right now is going through a heap uh, the book of Hebrews with a group of ladies, and she's telling me all kinds of stuff about it. The previous one was uh, Sermon, Sermon on, on the, the Mount. Mount. Yeah, and I started that. Ooh. It was so good. I got through two weeks of it, but I had a lot of other stuff going. We are going to revisit that at some point. But going through um, a chapter or more like a book of the Bible can be super, super helpful in growing closer. Um, and you can also do uh, another book, like a workbook or something like that, a relational wisdom book. You can do conferences. There are kind of all kinds of conferences. Paul Tripp has a really great yes. marriage conference. It's four videos and whew, as good, highly, highly, highly recommend it. And it is not expensive at all. Yeah, I was taking notes so vigorously, I thought my pencil was going to catch on fire. <laughs> like writing and it just flies out your hand because yeah. you're writing so fast. It's awesome. Yes, his stuff is real good. And then the last one, we probably sound like a broken record, but um, therapy can be a great tool too. So it is a, it's a huge barrier to like actually seeking out a therapist. It doesn't have to be, but it's just kind of one mm -hmm. of those perceived things. Yeah. The stigma of if you need therapy, you're on the rocks about to fail and all that stuff. But no, it, no. just treat it as a checkup. Um, I, I'm sure the therapist will love that. It's probably easier to talk with a couple and just kind of like, you know, do the, um, the annual checkup or the five-year checkup. Then like, if you do finally get on the rocks, that's gotta be kind of a tough job to go through and, and kind of work through. So, well, yeah, cause you're going uphill really, really hard. And that's not to discourage you. Like if you are on the rocks with your spouse, go see a counselor. Yeah. 100% do therapy, do the work, honor your covenant, honor your commitment to your spouse. When you said those vows, they are a binding biblical contract, go to therapy. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Michael and I have been through therapy and that's the only way also by the grace of God that we made <laughs> it through the, the season that we were in. We needed it. We needed that referee in that season tremendously. So mm -hmm. we 100% support therapy and if you are considering that and you need help in that area, we will do whatever we can to help you find whoever it is. I realize that people who listen to us are in so many different areas of the world, but 
like we care about the survival of your marriage. That's why we do marriage talks. And so if we can give you any kind of tool to help you find someone locally or doing something virtually, we want to help you with that. And so like, please do not hesitate to reach out, but doing the investment in your marriage, and sometimes it's going to be really hard and sometimes it's going to be really fun and really amazing. Like all these things don't have to be super burdensome. Yeah, They can be really amazing and fruitful and, and they will be fruitful. And some of these things you can immediately reap what you sow, which is really encouraging. Other things will take time. But making that investment in your marriage is something that is not surface deep. It is something that gets to the heart of your marriage. And when you get to the heart of your marriage, you then create long-lasting roots that are strong, that help your marriage survive the next season of difficulty. And that's, that's just so vital. Beautiful. Well said. I could go on for a long time, but I won't. Yeah. <laughs> As you can tell, we have a passion for this. We've been doing this every week for over a year, but it is so good. It's like, if we can give you one nugget that you use this week in your marriage, we've done our job and that makes us feel so great. Mm -hmm. So we love the, the feedback we get from you guys in Facebook messages, reviews and all that. So with all that said, basically the overarching kind of prop statement for this week is, is that creating a thriving, healthy marriage takes small daily decisions. It doesn't happen by just bringing flowers home on your anniversary, although that helps <laughs> if you do that too. But um, just doing that alone is kind of bare minimum. So do more than that. It's like every day should be treated like an anniversary. Yeah. Every day making those small little action steps towards feeding into a healthy marriage, giving you the tools to be stronger together. Um, when you choose to make those small daily things, it's a lot easier than coming to like the other side of a really difficult season where like, you're just like, I don't know if we're going to make it. That's not a, that's not me saying, all right, then you should give up. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that if you're in a position, which everybody is to make those small daily decisions to love your spouse well in connection in prioritizing in investing Start doing those tomorrow or whenever you're listening to it, do it today, depending on how late the day is. Make that decision today and that will help you move forward with your spouse in a healthy way. And when you choose to make those small daily decisions, it becomes a much more meaningful habit that you truly love instead of like Michael said, bringing flowers home on your anniversary. Legit. That's the bare minimum. Don't do that. Do that on top of everything else, but don't just resort to just that. It does not wipe away months and months and months of neglect. It won't. So another spoiler alert. Apparently we're really big on those today. Yeah. Bringing home flowers on your anniversary does not wipe away months and months and months, years and years and years of neglect. It just doesn't putting your best foot forward every day, making that effort is key. Yeah. All right. So we want to give you guys our challenge for the week. In the next seven days, sit down with your spouse and talk about three things. One way you can connect daily. One way you can prioritize your marriage. Our hint is to schedule a date night. Do it. And one way to invest. So if you don't have like a, um, a book or something that you have in mind, you can reach out to us. We've got a lot of books we've gone through that are really cool. 
or kind of talk about maybe going to therapy, what that would look like and don't be afraid of it. Yeah. And we'll put some links in show notes of some of our favorite ones that um, have been really impactful for us. All right, guys. So yeah, you can connect with us on all of the socials. <laughs> all the socials. Links in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. And again, we appreciate you guys sticking with us yes. for this evening thank slash you. day, whenever you're listening to this. Yeah. We did this for y'all. Yeah. Thank you and for awesome. listening to my passionate, <laughs> my passionate expressions of marriage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're just we're very passionate about it. We want we want you to thrive and so that's why we do what we do. We love it. Yeah. So and we love you guys. Thank you so much for coming week after week. Y'all are amazing. Yeah. Catch you next week. Bye.